0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Word with Dave Clay. It was William Shakespeare who famously once said, all the world's a stage and we are but actors. You know, when I when I was uh, a bit younger in years, and certainly try to figure it all out, maybe everybody... <laughs> That may be too much of a generalization, at least as a thought or two along this line. There are probably some out there that would never go here. But I thought acting was kind of neat. Uh, You get a lot of attention. Uh, Certainly, if you're good at it, uh, then not only do you get a lot of attention, but people seem to want to know you. They they seem to uh, be attracted to you in a way of... um, wanting you to be around, to be their friend. Uh, Again, maybe it all goes back to attention, but there seems to be a lot of uh, attribution that goes with that. They attribute much on you or put much on you. Uh, And I suppose what you're renowned for in the way of acting probably also speaks to how much they like you, how much they want you around, what they're willing to exchange. (laughs) just for your mere presence. And certainly there's a lot of individuals that have parlayed that, whether in a more formal sort of way as an actor, or maybe just in that sort of same vein of acting, they've been able to (laughs) do quite well for themselves in terms of not only attention, popularity, but all the monetary and the material benefits that go with it. And should I neglect to also mention, or shouldn't neglect to also mention, uh, there's all sorts of influence that goes right along with that. So as much as acting at one point seemed to me to be the ticket, not necessarily to the end of pure sociopathy, uh, where there isn't some proper mix of or balance of, conscience into all of that. But certainly you could say where there is so much uh, acting and not necessarily attached to so much what you really are in terms of such things as morals, beliefs, virtue, character, value, at uh, leaves plenty of room for sociopathy because if I can be pretty convincing, successful as an actor, Uh, It does not necessarily have to match up to who I really am and should I experience any dissonance, because I still have a conscience left, between what I'm pretending to be and my acting and what I really am. At core, again, virtue, belief, character, value, personality. I might uh, be able to still get away with it as long as I limit my exposure. (laughs) Only a few select people really get to see who I truly am. And as much as, again, I might have any say, choice in what roles I choose to play, uh, I could probably get away with a lot until held sufficiently accountable. In some measure, Dimension means where I have to come clean. So it goes with psychological counseling. Uh, Not necessarily that all of us want to be actors, (laughs) as I started with, or that any of us would necessarily put those type of thoughts, at least in a conscious dimension, first and foremost, when it comes to succeeding in life. I think we all have had to contend with some of that, either to our advantage or disadvantage. And even if we've committed ourselves to making a choice to be real with everyone, (laughs) not everybody's going to like you. And sometimes just for the sake of mere convenience, you might end up not telling them about certain aspects of your personality, keeping some things to yourself for fear that it may create too much distress. A bit of an inconvenience, maybe all the way to the dimension of Allah, all and all out, all out and out war, <laughs> which nobody, I don't think, for the sake of success, unless you're just into that kind of dominant, aggressive sort of mode of, of dealing with life, nobody really wants that. Why all the casualties, collateral damage, if you don't have to go through that, just <laughs> convince people and persuade people and keep the, I guess, the rhetoric down, the negatives down in terms of rhetoric and stress and tension and disagreement and you don't have to have arguments verbally or otherwise. It just seems to be the more peaceable thing to do. The problem with it is, though, that at some point I do believe most of us begin to realize acting and being who you are doesn't always not only match, but isn't always expedient. And somewhere along the way, for the sake of reality, true sense of reality, purpose, meaning in life, most of us have to come clean with at least somebody. And you can't get away with it forever. You can trick me once or fool me once. But fool me twice, I forget how that goes. Fool me once inside you, fool me twice inside me. But you can't fool all the people all the time. Of course, I'm mixing all these things together. I apologize. But for psychological counseling, I think we do a bit of both. Because when when it comes to all this stuff about acting, there's at least two levels. So for the sake of at least reference... I'm going to go to Psychology Today, September, October of 2022. Uh, Is it possible to change your personality? Research proves it's attainable if you can commit to the challenge. This is written by Mark Travers. Again, September, October 22, Psychology Today. The desire to change for the better is nearly universal. Research finds widespread ambition to become more outgoing, optimistic, or charismatic, and less pessimistic or neurotic. But is personality change actually achievable, or are our traits fixed and unalterable? Research Recent research suggests that change with commitment, may be more realistic than we might think. Nathan Hudson of Southern Methodist University and his colleagues found that people who actively worked to change aspects of their personality were, in many cases, successful. The team recruited 377 undergraduates for a 15-week study, measured their core personality traits, It asked them which they'd most like to change. Participants were then sent challenges of varying levels of difficulty each week based on their stated personal goals. For example... Those who wanted to become more extroverted might be challenged to introduce themselves to someone new one week and another week to ask someone new two questions about themselves. Participants also retook the personality test every week. The challenges mostly worked. Participants who sought to become more extroverted, conscientiousness, agreeable, or emotionally stable, all showed improvements in these dimensions. However, those who wanted to become more open generally did not succeed, and in fact, were more likely to end up less open than when they started. The team found that personality change was not much affected by the relative difficulty of the weekly challenges. What mattered more was a participant's consistency. Completing the challenges without fail, week after week. So, yes, personality change is possible. There may, in fact, be clear paths to achieving it. The key is follow-through. And again, that's Mark Travers, Psychology Today, September-October of 2022. Is it possible to change your personality? Research proves it's attainable if you can commit to the challenge. So as I was saying before I read the article, I believe and sort of again with reference but support to the notion that maybe I am not totally alone and maybe more company than not even in wanting to be a certain way (laughs) that is, in most people's opinion, human dimension, desirable. We all want to better ourselves. And the article certainly suggests, or at least was reporting a research that suggested some of those things that we saw as aspirational. (laughs) Extroverted was one of those measures. Optimistic, charismatic, (laughs) less pessimistic, negative, or neurotic, worrisome, or worried all the time, fearful all the time. And even as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, and hopefully even as I'm saying that to you, you're thinking, yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) Nobody likes to be around a scared, neurotic, worried, pessimistic, sort of negative, (laughs) introverted, disconnected, closed, as opposed to open, as the article captured it, person. We don't like those kind of individuals. They're not too hospitable. They don't add any sort of dimension of flavor uh, to life. It seems like all of those would be contrary even to the very notion of life if you measure life along the lines of diversity and creativity, energy. (laughs) All of that seems to, even as I'm thinking about it, seems to be depressing taking away from rather than adding to life, life ambition, lack of ambition. You get the point. So this notion, though, that psychological counseling is helpful, it may be helpful to the end of certainly changing all of that. (laughs) You can change that, of course, as the article suggests, or as I began the podcast. They didn't mention Mark Uh, Travers did not mention acting at all, but for me, he was kind of describing that the research tends to suggest that at a certain level, you can script something, give it to somebody, hold them accountable to it, and they can become what it is that you've, in scripting, told them to be. So for instance, the article gave the example of extroversion. You can come up with assignments to give to a person within the context, of course, of psychological counseling, but just life in general, to become something. Now, that's changing your personality. Some, if this is some aspect or it is an aspect of your personality that you want to change, it's not something that you see as as a more normal default for you, you come in and you say, I want to be this okay, well, we'll come up with a script and we'll give you some lessons in acting, how you can act this way. And then weekly, I'll hold you accountable. And with that, not only me give you feedback, but we'll do this personality inventory that will give you feedback and we can begin to measure your change and we can keep your focus, your attention and your awareness upon it. And it is true as much as the article suggests the research by Nathan Hudson captured that change is possible. Now, it wasn't overnight. It wasn't instantaneous. So even that could take a while. But is that acting? <laughs> and of course, my contention is, I believe it's more along the lines of acting Because the article also captured, with review of the research (laughs) by, again, Nathan Hudson, that that doesn't necessarily mean, though, that openness, what you really are, (laughs) is changed. Because openness, if you're too open and you allow somebody into that place of true belief, paradigm worldview, mindset, who you are, what you are, what you see life to be, how you determine reality. And again, there's social as well as individual factors that play into that to ones arriving at that determination. And yes, there are pretty, it would require, I should say it that way, A pretty significant event to change that course, but it is amenable to change if the event's significant enough, usually in some sort of painful dimension, difficult, but nonetheless you can get a pretty quick change or it can be altered pretty significantly in short order by some catastrophe, bad thing happening, traumatic event, but who wants to do that? And certainly within psychological context, we don't want to traumatize a person just to get change. (laughs) That would be cruel and, as they say, inhumane. But that is a little different. That level of change, openness to access, allowing someone in, (laughs) you who might go to a psychological counselor, those that might come to see someone such as myself, That's a different story. You may give me the superficial and maybe even play to me (laughs) as the audience. It's kind of hard to play to a personality inventory necessarily because by design, they're to be determined. There's a level of validity and reliability that goes into putting together or constructing such an inventory that kind of ensures it's hard to fake it, but it's all pretty much either based on self-report or observation. And, you know, how much do I really get to see? But we would want to think if I were to, as a psychological counselor, if psychotherapy were to benefit you and with integrity, so that it's not just acting, there is certainly always going to be some element of modification, again, maybe for the sake of expedience. I used the word convenience earlier. Reduce the hassles, the headaches. Some things are (laughs) worth fighting for and some things aren't. Uh, In some battles, you just don't fight. It's just not worth it. Uh, Too much collateral damage. There's rationality and reasoning that should go into all of that besides or in addition to just core passion. And passion would be emotion attached to belief. But belief itself needs to be, I guess, at least held out in some sort of way, measurable way, so that you can kind of even balance those two things. This is what I really believe. This is what I really want to do. It's my emotions. But probably it's not wise, that kind of scenario, to do a certain thing at a certain time, which doesn't mean you're lying or deceiving. You're just, again, trying to be considerate. And I do believe in the end To be peaceable is much better than to be a sower of seed of instigation or with instigation of conflict and discord. That usually doesn't work well. And it goes into that category of, you know, come to see a psychotherapist just so that we blow your world up or destroy your personality. That's not my intention. That's unethical. That is not proper to do. So if you're feeling that way, Uh, with your psychologist, counselor, psychological counselor, you might want to think twice about that individual. Nonetheless, getting back to the point, but if you open the door and you say, yeah, I want to be an extrovert, but what's kind of underlying that are some core beliefs that really have come in personality, virtue, character sort of way to define me Based on some personal experiences, and those too may have been traumatic, certainly they were significant because they've come to define you, that would be then kind of counter to that end. It would seem to me if we we're going to do this the proper way, we'd want to kind of alter those core beliefs. We want to make modifications at that deeper or that otherwise somewhat protected or closed off dimension or level. <laughs> area, space within you, heart, mind, you believe in such things, soul, spirit, those kind of dimensions or measures or aspects or variables. But you have to open the door. So is it possible to change your personality? The question of the day when it comes to this podcast Uh, Mark Travers, and I suspect also Nathan Hudson of Southern Methodist University and his colleagues came to the conclusion, yes, you can, but they really didn't say you could at that core level as much as they said you could at that superficial level. Because it is true. You can always fake it. And maybe it's true, as the old saying would it continue to go? You can fake it until you make it. But we don't even know that because longitudinally over time and since the process isn't overnight immediate and since the acting seems to get more traction from intervention such as the one described in the article and then also as I've tried to correlate that to psychological counseling... It does seem like we can get some result by scripting it with the person. They are the ones that come up with the script. We just try to do our part to go along with it, to kind of add some extra dimension to it, to apply our knowledge base, our experience. That's why we go to school. That's why you want to talk to somebody who's licensed. That's why you want somebody who's been in practice for a while. That all kind of comes together in a way to add more, to provide an opportunity for for that person, me in this case, as the psychological counselor, to add more to what you want it to be. Enhance it. Not change it, enhance it. Maybe there's some cautionary points along the way. Are you sure you want to do that? But definitely, you come up with the script, we want to enhance it and then we're going to give you instruction on how to do that or help you to come up with a strategy or plan and how to do that and then if you keep coming back we're going to ask you how it's going we can rate it we can use personality inventory if we wanted to to kind of measure it we could bring it down to the most salient sort of aspect or, or factor and uh, measurable in a measurable or attainably measurable sort of way and say well how does it compare to last time how's it going we can even kind of uh, assess uh, the feedback from others (laughs) how they are perceiving you and and with that we can get some changes reinforce it of course in the true spirit of the soundest of research models Hypothetical deductive reasoning, emotional processing, as I was trying to capture earlier, passion versus common sense, or, you know, that element of reality-based, rational-based sort of just strategy, thought, to kind of titrate some of those emotions, those strong emotions, we get that feedback, and we'll look at that and say, well, it is working, or if it isn't working, we can make some modifications, <laughs> and then we could try it again. But again, is that really getting into who you are at core? Now, my at least thoughts on that at that point would be yeah, but it still could just be within time, over time, and within that notion of what we call process. Just all of this kind of defining or describing, being de- de- descriptive of a process, emotions, thoughts, a process. Demand for change, (laughs) accepting the need or the requiem for change, uh, getting past the emotional reactions to it, the defensiveness that goes with it, or the anger or the anxiety that accompanies significant changes, or maybe even again, not that I induce that or cause that, but you've experienced a trauma which has led you to come to see someone such as myself. It's a process we begin to process the emotions, we begin to then calm us down, <laughs> calm us, me and you, calm the situation down in a therapy context. When you're in this session, we've got to go at it in some, again, measure of emotional peace, calm, <laughs> so that we can begin to engage the healthier thoughts, <laughs> the better thoughts or thought process itself, process within a process to allow us to brainstorm, come up with a possible answer, and then, as I've said, apply it, modify it to get to a place of success. We can attain, there, there's ways that we can bring about change. <laughs> it's called adapting, adaptability. But maybe over time, with that same process being applied, whether it's within psychological counseling, or just you yourself learning how to do this with yourself or those significant others in your life, your core support group, your people, those people that you are open with, or at least are at a point of some accessibility if you should choose to. They're your good candidates to allow to really know who you are and what you're thinking and what you're feeling. They can do that, but maybe it's a lifetime venture. (laughs) Maybe that's why, you know, personality, some people don't know that you can change it because it does take so long, longitudinal, over time. But in an immediate sort of sense, unless you're doing those things as I've described them, unless you're accessing that deeper core belief level, that two-level model, you're probably not going to get changed. But that's the place of greatest protection that's where defense mechanisms as in protection defense strategies as in ways to keep people out that's really what is in i guess the vein of psychological counseling the purview of the psychological counselor that's what we do we know how to do that well and we know how to do that without trauma. And we know how to do that without attack. We know how to do that without engendering more defensiveness. We know how to do that without harming the person. We know how to do it. because of all those years, again, of education and experience, training and life experience. Because of all the ethical considerations were licensed and if you've been licensed for a long time you've probably passed the ethical test it doesn't mean you can't still find somebody who later on in their career might have some sort of incident that would cause them <laughs> some question as to ethics and you know challenge their ability to practice but for the most part if you've been in practice for decades you've pro and without any you're probably pretty sound The situation again, because of those legal and ethical best standards of practice kind of requirements that are placed on psychological counseling and the psychological counselor. It's just a safe environment. It's all science, it's objectivity, supposed to be at least. But that's the cautionary note. It's not always, and you have to be a good consumer. You have to know these things so that if you should encounter somebody, who is not or does not seem to be measuring up characterologically to what I am now describing on the side of the counselor, then you probably need to think, maybe this isn't the best place for me to be. And even if they don't do you any harm, maybe they're not going to do you any good. But you can act (laughs) any way you want. And probably, though it'll take a bit of practice, you can become probably a good actor. Maybe all of us do to some extent, but it's lining up what we believe and what we believe ourselves to be with what we then are acting. That's probably the greatest of challenges, but the most rewarding. And I do believe we don't, as psychological counselors or in the industry, the counseling industry. We don't make that happen. We don't own the process. We've just identified it. We've gotten good at it in the sense of, again, no harm. And we know how to hold you accountable, if we're going to hold you accountable to anything in that way, to the process itself, but we're active participants in it. That's why I'm within more, I guess, research sort of orientation or educational sort of uh, reference, we're oftentimes referred to as agents of change. But it's positive. It's not like we're going to trick you into it. It's not like we're so good at acting that we can persuade you or we'll kind of manipulate that aspirational part of you that would want to be in this way, kind of all those things again, the article captured that we all in most of us, I won't say all, most of us in human dimension, because of our social natures, we're aspiring to that either genetically or within some psychological, some socialization, identity, forming a sense of self. And I, we all want to be a really popular, liked, considerate, nurturing pro-social, loving, all those conscientious, healthy (laughs) sort of persons. Well, again, for the most part, majority of us. But if we can agree that that's what we're aspiring to, we don't want to even on the side of the agent of change. Pretend I want to do it with integrity. But again, that goes back to all those years of practice. If I've made it this far, then i probably established that I have that level of integrity. It doesn't mean beginners don't, or people who don't have all those years of experience can't. I'm just saying that takes time to flesh out as much as it takes time to establish. But if I'm holding myself to that level of accountability... Or maybe I should say, if I'm holding you to that level of account, why not hold myself? And that's the level of integrity, or at least the degree of integrity that we're seeking. But if you're gonna open the door and let someone in, that's the person, that's ways, those are ways descriptively, that you might know this is a good person to allow in if you're gonna let anybody in. You might resist the temptation to be caught up in that whole imposter or actor kind of syndrome. I've just used the word imposter. I don't know that all actors are imposters. But I think if you take that to that end, then probably in the end, if it's not really who they are, they're pretending to be something. And then again, whether or not there's some nefarious element, some dimension of really unhealthy sociopathic, I did mention that sort of aspect, lack of conscience, brokenness in the person, narcissistic, sort of sociopathic, sort of bent. You'd want that individual to have that level of integrity and you would know over time whether or not that's genuine and true and the more seasoned clinician is the one that probably has demonstrated that empirically. They've established that the thesis, the basis of how they conduct their work, the models that they employ and use, are sound. And that in the end, though anybody could complain about anybody, and anybody could bring a lawsuit against anybody, could file an ethical complaint against anybody, in the end, once the examination, the data is established and presented This individual has not been (laughs) convicted, so to speak, of that particular crime. So those are the folks that you might want to kind of think about, at least be aware of, and not fall prey to individuals who might just be all those things without the integrity piece. They may appear outgoing. They can seem pretty optimistic and charismatic. They're not negative, and they don't seem to be neurotic. They seem to be pretty confident in knowing what to do and what's going on. But if they're really lacking integrity, they too could just be acting and they too could just be an imposter. I'm not making accusations. I'm not suggesting that's more or less. I'm just saying if you're considering speaking to someone or if you know someone who's in that kind of uh, circumstance or situation, you might just want to bring that to their awareness. And if that individual is there because they themselves have found themselves to be somewhat in a state of dissonance, that they're acting or if they've tried to act a certain way, but they've not been successful, it's time to get to the core. It's time to get to why and untangle that. And maybe it would happen over time. I'm not sure everybody arrives there, though. I don't know... The percentages, I wouldn't want to guess. Speculate. But it couldn't seem to hurt that even if you might say more than less end up, by the end of their life, figuring it all out or being true to themselves or in being true to themselves, opening themselves up, they can finally start to understand why they were the way they were and the modifications that life has sort of brought them and how that's kind of shaped them and changed them and Maybe at the end of their life, hopefully, they'll look like this individual, but not only in outward appearance, as in acting, but at that second, but actually most important of levels, they will be that person. But even if we presume that everybody at least is somewhat innately inclined to do that, why not do it sooner than later? And sometimes you do need help because sometimes if you... And experience certain things, trauma or if it's repeated or if there's enough discouragement or you don't have anybody you can really open up to in that way to talk about these things at this level, you may just stay there and either time run out as in natural causes for all kinds of various reasons, could be age, it could be illness, sickness or accident You could find yourself and your life ending far sooner than you think. So, if you don't do it sooner than later, you may actually end up hindering a quality dimension as well as a quality, a quantity dimension as well as a quality dimension of your life or life experience. And you say, well, maybe you say it doesn't matter. And okay, that's your, again, that's your thesis. That's your script, and and who am I to tell you not to do that? I'm just going to continue to point to the evidence and hopefully be objective, and you need to make the decision. But if I'm making a compelling case in some way on the podcast today, get help if you need help. And nobody's above or beyond help, and if it's all kind of a universal desire as well as course, and life kind of for everybody includes certainly setbacks, if not traumas, then some people have more resource, some lesser, and why not go see someone that can offer you this resource in this manner that really may make what time you do have the best it could be, and not only for you, but for the people around you. Yes, it's more challenging and difficult to change the core. But in the end, acting is acting. And sooner or later, as I tried to get out earlier, I fumbled through. You can fool some of the people, some of the time, most of the people, some of the time, but not all the people, all the time, or something like that. It'll come out. And when it comes out, then you're going to have to contend with that. And... I believe this, even as much as all of that may be important, this is maybe the most important thing. You've got to live with yourself. And if you still have a conscience that's operable, you've not killed it, you've not muted it, you've not shut it down, you're not going to be happy with you. You're not going to be true to yourself. And then these things that you are still aspiring to, you're going to wake up every morning and you look in the mirror and you're going to realize that's not me. Today, you can make that decision to change. It takes a while, but better today than not, and it's a lot, I believe, more expedient in that way to get the help of someone such as myself than to not. So, is it possible to change a personality? Yes, at both levels. (laughs) Method acting. At At a more superficial level... When it comes to just what other people see or what you kind of put on, as with acting, but it's also possible to change it at a core level. (laughs) Again, method acting, they say that's best. Tap into something that really is you. And maybe that even so, if you're going to be really good in that vein, go find roles or parts that fit your life. (laughs) And then it's really not acting. It's who you are. Again, is it possible to change your personality? Research proves it's attainable if you can commit to the challenge. And then again, the key, according to Mark Travers, the author of the article, is follow through. You'll find the article in Psychology Today, September, October 2022. You'll find me <laughs> on Word. And with Dave Clay. And if you... Find me on Word with Dave Clay. There's information that will be available. Should you want to reach out to me, you're certainly more than welcome to. And I'd love to have an opportunity to hear your comments, your commentary. Although I probably won't hear them directly. But if you send me an email or maybe you'll leave a voicemail. Maybe I'll hear you. But you can contact me at the contact information that's also provided. In the meantime, I want to wish you the best. Life, happiness, joy, but as I always say, good health as well as good mental health. Until next time.